songs that John's ever written. I really uh, identify with the imagery in the song that that we're like water looking for the ocean, uh, relentless in our pursuit for for purpose and meaning and uh, trying to figure it out. I think uh, this song is a special song and we've been playing it live for a couple months now and you know immediately became one of our favorite moments of the of the, the night every time we play it. Restless is a song that's wide open. You know, it starts off very slow and, and soft, but um, there's a great build to it, and it just builds and builds to the very end. And, and by the end, you're standing up. You know, and it's, it's a very powerful song, one of the best songs I think John has ever written. And, um, one of my favorite songs on this album. My favorite part about this song, Restless, is the, the section after the chorus, the super chorus, if you will. It's, it's just a jubilant, triumphant moment musically. And I think it really, it's a, it's a story, it's a journey. The song is, is a, you know, a word picture and it really takes you somewhere emotionally. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. All right, this week we are very honored to be joined by Tejas Kumar. Tejas, you will do a much better job than me describing everything that you do, but I will say uh, it's highly impressive. I've been watching your YouTube channel Uh, following your tweets and what I do know about you is that you travel the world you speak at conferences you do things like coding web development lots of cool techie stuff (laughs) Uh, explain it for us though everything like in your own words uh, what you're up to these days yeah um actually that I think what what was it Cody stuff (laughs) (laughs) that sums it up man um what I do is uh exactly that so I've been um developing websites and applications since I was a child um Kind of like, you know, John from Switchfoot has been doing music since he was a child. Um, I've, I've been doing this tech stuff since I was a kid. Um, and there was kind of like a prophecy, even when I was in school, like with my teachers and parents, like, ah, you're going to be a web person when you grow up. And indeed, that's what I am. Um, I, I've, I've been like an, a hands-on engineer for a few years. And now I um, speak at conferences mostly and try to teach engineers across a wide variety of geographies, like. Um, best practices and how to get the most out of the web while also creating the most um, I'd say excellent experiences on the web so love it has there been a favorite spot for you as far as you know in, in all of your world travels where it's been like a cool cool spot or two that you've uh... yeah that I've been to I, I think yep. for sure um, there's so many I was I was just in Norway two days ago um, and, you know, Norway in the summer is just absolutely beautiful. I mean, you've got the fjords, like this beautiful water and the sun goes down at like one o'clock in the morning, right? Like one a.m. That's when sunset is 1 a.m. Wow. And, and then the sun rises at 3, 4 a.m., something like this. In fact, um, in about three days time is the summer solstice where the sun just never sets. It's just like sunny the whole day. Um, so that was really beautiful. Man, that's cool. For anyone listening, I thought of this question, maybe off the top of your head here, but for anyone listening who may not know much about like, you know, web development, coding, that kind of stuff, 
Do you have any um, practical advice or maybe encouragement for the average internet user out there? Anything that you've learned that might be simple, helpful, um, or if you want, you can even speak to like where some of the trends of the internet are headed and, and what it might mean for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think what, what would be really helpful um, for just the everyday user is to, to know about the web is that most of it comes from this beautiful ecosystem where almost everything is free. Like every website you visit, including Spotify for podcasts. I used to work at Spotify, by the way. I was one of the oh, nice. on Spotify. And um, Spotify is built with is built on free technology. And all of this stuff just like lives on a website called github.com. And it, I think a lot of people don't know this because a lot of people may think websites cost a lot of money to build and so on. But a lot of those costs are just people's salaries. Um, the actual technology itself on which websites are built are free. And I think that's really awesome. Um, yeah. Trends that are happening are most software engineers and teams are working constantly to make all your online experiences faster. Literally, like even when I worked at Spotify, like a big part of our job was, okay, how can we make everyone's like time to get something done fast. Um, and that's where most of the efforts are focused these days is like, how can we make everyone's experience fast? And it kind of tracks, right? Because like if you go somewhere to like book a dinner reservation or something, and if you're met with some type of spinner on your screen that lasts like five minutes, you're probably going to be pretty upset with that. And maybe you'll even abandon using the app. So we kind of believe in the industry that milliseconds make millions and speed is key. So everyone's kind of focused on making things fast these days. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. I was watching, like I said, I was watching a lot of your YouTube stuff and, and one that you had sent me um, shares a lot about your life growing up and, and how you got started and everything. You've had some major health scares in your life. Um, you've moved all over the place. Tell us about a bit of your life story. And then, you know, here in a few, we'll talk about how, you know, Switchfoot and, and music has kind of played a role in some of the, some of your journey. But um, tell us about uh, you know, a little bit of that version of, uh, of your life story. Yeah, so um, a lot of people um, have probably seen this on my YouTube channel as well, but um, I, I was born with a very rare disease um, called hemophilia, where my, my, I, the, the typical symptom of this disease is people never stop bleeding. We're incapable of stopping bleeding. And that is from something external, like a paper cut, or you, know, you get stabbed or something, um, or even an injection. But the greater danger is like, undetected internal bleeding and this happens all the time like if you've ever like walked up some stairs or if you've ever um, carried maybe a heavy backpack or something um, you have started to bleed internally um, but of course it stopped very quickly for you whereas for me um, some small internal bleeding would usually because of gravity um, go and settle at the nearest joint cavity so this is like an elbow or a knee or something and over time, like a ton of blood would accumulate there and I'd lose a lot of blood and my joints would be completely destroyed. And I'd eventually, you know, be passing out from blood loss and unconscious and I have to go to the ER and all this thing. And so um, that's part of the reason why I grew up in Qatar, of all places. Um, Qatar is a tiny country kind of near Saudi Arabia, near Dubai-ish um, in the Middle East region. And at the time, the healthcare that I needed to live and, and stop the random episodes of bleeding was was free but only in case of emergencies right to get it like outpatient um it would cost around i'd say 10 to 30 000 us dollars a week um a week so that's well over half a million a year on just medical bills um but emergency healthcare was free so my routine growing up was 
um, you know, I'd go to school, say on Monday, um, and I'd walk up some stairs or I'd open a book or something that was heavy. And I'd somehow start bleeding internally without knowing a few hours later, the bleeding um, has happened for a long time. And I start to have major discomfort. And it's only a matter of time until I end up in the emergency room um, in really, really bad shape. Um, but then being in this bad shape, it's then an emergency and then they can treat me for free, which is fantastic. So they treated me. I'd spend a few days in recovery and then basically just go back to school and the cycle would repeat. And this was a cycle for 19 years of, of, of that, just kind of waiting for the next emergency, um, then getting treated and then going back to normal life, but knowing that the next emergency is just around the corner. Um, yeah, that's kind of the environment in which I grew up in. Um, I shortly moved to Germany um, at the age of 23. So after about 19 years in Qatar, moved to Germany, where the healthcare model is preventative, meaning whether it's an emergency or not, I just get the meds and I take them chronically and I'm just fine. It's preventative. And so since then, I've had a great quality of life. I've been able to actually travel uh, for the first time. And I had the privilege of going to see Switchfoot in concert and also doing like the meet and greet thing where we hang out backstage and kind of talk to um, Tim and John and Drew and all these guys. And it, it's been such a nice journey since then. That's inspiring, man. I tell you, I want to encourage everybody to watch uh, the video. We'll put a link in the show description um, to the longer version and, and really dive into that. And, you know, sometimes like when I hear someone's life story, I, I actually think in my mind, well, of course, they're, they're going to be a Switchfoot fan because like, like this band is quite simply the soundtrack to so much of what we go through. And from what I've gathered, you know, just in the short time of, of researching some of the stuff you've been through, like you've been through a lot. You're grateful for every breath. You pursue goals and live life to the fullest. Like, you know, there's a lot of meaning to this life. And, and I think that's a great description of this band as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reason um, I even thought about, the reason I developed an affinity to Switchfoot as well is because of that. Like, you know, I, I get praised sometimes in like when I do some public speaking or something for people say, oh, you're such an authentic speaker. Um, they, they, they like compliment me on what they call real talk. And when mm -hmm. I was growing up listening to Switchfoot, to me, a lot of the music from Switchfoot is real music. It's music about um, joy, pain, trauma, healing, hope, like all of it. It's the, it's the human experience, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's not to like disparage other music. Like for example, other music is about, you know, just big butts. And <laughs> maybe that's, you're into that. And there's been times where I'm into that. And, and sometimes I am into that, you know, whatever. But um I think it's nice to have music that also speaks to the pain and the full human experience as well. For sure. I believe I came across your work when I was doing a Twitter search, you know, as we're trying to tell a lot of stories with different fans and, and different people that love this band. Um, every once in a while, I'll get on Twitter and just kind of search what people are saying about Switchfoot and came across one of your tweets. I think it was in 2019 uh, where you just simply said, I love music. Switchfoot has shaped so much of my life. So thankful for them. And I think it was native tongue that was coming out around that time. Um, so we're going to talk about a little bit about their song restless in a few minutes, but off the top of your head, what are some songs of Switchfoot that have helped you and meant a lot to you in your journey? Oh man, what a question. Um, I think songs that speak to uh, trauma and pain, mainly because of my emergency healthcare cycle thing, uh, songs like um, where the light shines through um, on Fire, um, Restless, of course, as we'll talk about, Dare You to Move, This Is Your Life, Are You Who You Want to Be, um, 
to name a few, I could literally name every song in their discography, right? Um, but yeah. those those ones stand out. Oh, I think also there's the beautiful letdown, which you know, like with my disease, right? I I, I became colloquially known in school as the blue moon kid because people would be like, oh, he just shows up once in a blue moon, and they kind of made fun of me for not. Uh, being present, like not attending school as frequently. So in a, in a school year, I'd attend about 19 days. And a lot of people made fun of this. Oh, he's just lazy. He never comes. But they didn't know that I was in the emergency hospital most of the time. Um, and I was kind of an outcast, kind of a uh, kind of a person who they just made fun of because they didn't understand and so on. And the lyrics to the song, The Beautiful Letdown, was, was especially potent on me because um, I've always felt like a letdown. I still do feel like a letdown these days. Um, and attaching the word beautiful to it. Um, and, 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 you know, the, the lyrics about um, the church or the dropouts, the sinners, the failures and the fools, like, um, makes me feel uh, seen and, yeah. and makes me feel like there's hope there. So. Yeah, it always feels like they're, they're one of us, you know, with their, their lyrics. Um, right. Never, never like singing or talking at us, but to us and with us and making us feel like we're part of that, that big right. family. Which is awesome. Yeah. And another song that speaks to that same spirit is, is the loser, right? Um, I've yeah. been literally called a loser a million times. And this is a song that for the first time ever in my life, I remember make me, made me proud to feel like the loser. Yeah. Um, I've got a plan to lose it all. I, I love that. Yeah. Well, this song that we're talking about today, Restless, was, so I think some fans know this and some don't, but it was actually a poem uh, by John before it turned into a song. He's got a handful of uh, songs that, you know, kind of started his poems. But um, I, I went back, I finally was able to find the audio of when uh, John read the poem to a live audience. Wow. And he literally says, like, I was over in the field over there and I wrote this poem. I'm like, how do you write <laughs> something as beautiful as Restless, um, you know, just just by yourself in a field one day, but uh, shout out to Novana 01 on YouTube um, for the clip, but um, I'll, I'll play it for the fans uh, when this podcast airs, but there's a lot of similarities, but also some differences though, from the poem uh, versus the song. Thank you so much. So, I'm sitting over in the corner of a field over there somewhere, and these words came to me, and I've never really done this before, but I'd like to read you a poem that I wrote earlier today, if that's all right. The voice of the sea on a moonless night, calling, falling, slipping tides. The voice of leaky, dripping pipes, endless, aching drops of light, running, pushing, falling down. Always longing, always now. Silent underneath these streets, even blood find ways to bleed. Even rivers ways to run, even rain to reach the sun. Even here within these means, within this skin, within these dreams. Longing for the other shore, the world we've never been before. Restless for the infinite with tears of saints and hypocrites. For death and life, for night and day. With blood of black and white and gray. One by one by one by one, our rivers surge and fight and run until the sea of glass we meet, at last completed and complete, where tide and tear and pain subside, where joy and laughter drink them dry. Um, hmm. But yeah, what as far as like restless itself, is it 
lyrically, musically, of, of why you were uh, drawn to it the most? Yeah, um, I think both. I think it's like a 360 degree of affinity. You know, I'm just really into the song because um, there's poetic language. Like you said, it started as a poem. Um, this sort of, I am the sea on a moonless night. And, and and that evokes in me at least like really intense imagery of the sea on a moonless night that that's got this slipping tide. Um, and it eventually talks about leaky dripping pipes and, and, and things like this. And it eventually gets to the point of um, even my blood finds ways to bleed. And for me with my bleeding disorder, like you can't imagine how, how close to home that hits. Um, speaking of, speaking of his sense of like, internal friction leading to this restlessness right um and the song if you look at the curve i i haven't looked at this i think in a very long time but i if i if i'm not mistaken i feel like there's a almost like an amplitude curve of it gets like progressively more intense and louder over time mm -hmm. um and it's it's beautiful in the way it's orchestrated because there's this restlessness for most of the song you can feel it um in in the despair in the even my blood finds ways to bleed and all of this but at some point it breaks through to this like post bridge um, until the sea of glass we meet type of vibe. And that's just like a release of like, oh man, I've been restless my whole life, but I think forward to this one time where I won't be, um, where, um, where, you know, there's no more sorrow and where we kind of, where darkness and tears and pain subside and laughter drinks them dry. It's a very um, peaceful state. And that's a state I've longed for and still long for, but I used to long for it way more potently in like the deepest, darkest hospital room alone, um, where even like my mom wasn't allowed to visit me anymore. Um, and I was literally just in a dark hospital room, just kind of wincing, right? And that's kind of where the song takes me because I've been there. Um, and so that's kind of what hits. And, and it's, it's this combination of lyrics, I, and I've quoted quite a few lyrics, but also the way they fit into the music. And the way the music itself fits into the time domain where it starts really quiet and then crescendos. I, I think all of that is just an absolute masterpiece. Yeah, I love how it, musically it starts soft and builds. And then later in the song, it gets softer again and then builds even bigger. And there's also the nice guitar solo late in the song. Like it's got all the elements to me of a vintage um, Switchfoot song. And I, I think probably one of John's best lyrically, which is saying a lot, like in his catalog. Yeah. Um, but it's, super special to me. I mean, I, I wrote an entire book on this idea of searching for God, like a true search, you know, not just like sitting back and letting things happen, but truly seeking after God and, and seeking all the things that his life has to offer. And so, you know, this song, you know, that pursuit, like I'm restless, I'm restless looking for you. And I also want to get your thoughts on um, the quote from John when he talked about it, when it was written, he said that uh, restless was inspired over in the UK I was listening to the rain and watching these individual drops drip down the window and thinking that every one of them is in pursuit of the ocean. They'll stop at nothing and gravity will eventually one day lead them to the ocean. And I began to think of my own life and wondering if I had that same drive, that same pursuit for that which is right and true. And then I was thinking through C.S. Lewis idea that this life, when we're aware of beauty, is kind of bittersweet thing that is a transient reminder of eternal beauty, which someday we will be face to face with. Yeah. Um, I, I, I like John's drive for being, you know, driven to what, what is good and true. Right. I, I also really admire um, John and Switchfoot's ability to 
not be overly religious about it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I really appreciate that because like I also live in a context where, um, you know, it, it, nobody likes the obnoxious Christians and mm-hmm. the people who like will shove a pamphlet down your throat of like, hey, have you heard of, do you have a moment to talk about our Lord? You know, this kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I love that about the song Restless, that it's not necessarily about being restless for God um, or for meaning or for purpose, but it, it's, 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 it's vague enough that it can apply to literally anyone who's feeling some type of anxiety. Um, and, and it's applicable to, to multiple scenarios. Um, that said, I, th- I think that, that, that makes it all the more special, right? Because it's, it's, it's so universal and it's not exclusionary. Um, yeah. yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure what, how the C.S. Lewis quote fits in here. Um, but maybe you can tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, I was interested by that as well. I know so much of his work is impacted by his reading, whether it's Lewis or Bonhoeffer or Kierkegaard. Um, I think in this one, he may have just been talking about like the pursuit of, um, let's see, you said a, a transient reminder of eternal beauty, which someday we'll be face to face with. So I, I think also pursuing, like he talks a lot about home, yeah. Um, you know, not, not necessarily being uh, the physical location of here, but um, yeah. that pursuit as well, knowing that sometimes the, the pain and struggle around us uh, is, you know, in, in his idea, the, the temporary kind. So maybe yeah. that's kind of where he's going with it, but yeah. Yeah. And it's more, it's more uh, an after effect of a world gone wrong. Um, and so much of, I feel like I, I agree. And I think from the C.S. Lewis quote and from the music, there's so much alluding to um, the world being put right again, right? Yes. Especially the part where, um, where tide and tear and pain subside, I believe is the lyrics. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's just this like correction that where death and pain and hopelessness aren't a thing, but there's just harmony and peace. Like I can't even, honestly, man, looking at the state of the world today, I can't even fathom that. Um, but I feel like, across the board, religious or non, that's something everybody kind of wants, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as, um, I don't know if you've seen what's been happening in Canada, for example, with the fires. Um, Like the world's dying and getting worse year on year. Um, We just beat a pandemic. Well, I don't even know if that's true. There's still pandemic after effects around. Um, But yeah, I think we're all kind of ready for like a mass healing where we turn on the news and there isn't everything's on fire and everything's dying. And I love the fact that Lewis and the latter part of the song um, inspire that hope. In fact, that's, that's hope I've had to cling to multiple times where I had literally nothing else. Um, yes. There was one scenario where I apologize if I'm, if I'm uh, being too verbose, but there was one scenario where um, I, I went to the emergency hospital as a child and I was told that uh, they, they don't have any. This is literally like straight up. We don't have any medicine. And I said, what do you mean? Um, and the doctor said, yeah, you, you've been using a lot of it. You and one other person have had emergencies so frequently that we don't have supply anymore. So wow. there's nothing I can do for you. Um, I hope your bleeding somehow stops naturally, but uh, I see you, I guess. And, and then that's it. I, I was just left with that. And I was left to bleed out for hours and hours and hours. And in these moments, that's the only thing I can think of is, oh my God, there has to be a better world. There has to be a better way. There has to be 
a moment where all of this stops and, and, and things are just peaceful, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm thinking of this, this bridge, right? Musically, I don't know if, if they would call this a double bridge or what, because like, like some of the lyrics you mentioned until the sea of glass we meet at last completed and complete. And then that amazing line, the tide of tear and pain subside, laughter, drinks them dry. You kind of think that's, that's the bridge and maybe it goes back to the chorus. Then it goes into what I think, what I would call another bridge. Yeah. Um, I'll be waiting, anticipating all that I aim for, what I was made for with and, every and, heartbeat. Right. And yeah. that, this with every heartbeat, that's the place where even now, just listening to you recite that as I start to get chills and my hair stand up on end and I'm like full of goosebumps because when he talks about I'll be waiting, anticipating, like he somehow, the song somehow evokes my own anticipation of these things. Um, and it, it, it's, it, I, I literally just want to jump out of my chair and like run forward thinking about this part of the song. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I've mentioned on the pod before, one thing that I love about these guys too, is that they don't just talk about like this escapism of like, you know, one day everything's going to be great. And, and that's, you know, all we're living for. Like, it's more like, Hey, one, one day pain will subside, but while we're here, let's yeah. love people. Let's pursue like like the raindrops, let's pursue let's pursue the ocean and, and stop at nothing in our journey. You know, that's I've always respected that about yeah, this and, as well. And this notion of life is short, I want to live it well. Like honestly, um, Tyler, I didn't know that I would move to Germany and have a long and healthy life with great healthcare. Um, my mom didn't expect me to live past ninth grade. Um, so in this notion of life is short, I want to live it well. Like for me, life was especially short. Um, and I, I would say Switchfoot inspired a lot of the like living it well part. Um, and, and I completely agree with you. Uh, I would also say, you know, Switchfoot has so deeply influenced the way that I um, travel the world and speak at conferences and all of this, because I had the privilege of doing like a meet and greet with the band, uh, I think two or three times. Um, and honestly, we spent maybe like, I would say 15 minutes or so together. Uh, so it wasn't, you know, a whole bunch of time. And I'm definitely not on a first name basis with these guys or anything. They probably don't even remember the interaction, right? But um, just in watching how they meet people, talk to people, um, express interest in people, appreciate people, love people, um, that has shaped the entirety of my public speaking career where when I go to these conferences, and I'm going to one in Israel like next week, literally Monday next week. Um, I, I engage with people exactly the same way to the best of my ability that I've seen John do it. Where like he'll give, man, like the guy gives himself a lot, like on stage, like he's jumping around, he's playing music and all of this. And he's, you know, just absolutely monkeying around. And then after two hours of that, will go to an after show and keep giving, right? And he gives mm -hmm. time, he gives attention. Um, I, I try to do exactly the same. And every time somebody compliments me, like, oh my gosh, where do you find the energy? How do you do this? How do you give so much? I literally just think this is a lesson I've learned from uh, Brother John, as it were. So, wow. yeah. Yeah, and I don't think people realize how much that probably takes out. I mean, like, it's one thing to be like, the energy to put on an hour long rock show by itself. But then as you mentioned, all those other things he's doing for me and different things that I do, whether I give a message, like preach a sermon or go to, or coach a basketball game, like I'm just spent after. And yeah. then I'm like trying to 
I need to give energy to my daughters and these or other players or students or whoever it is. But for John, just for hours and hours to do that, my experience with them when we had them for a couple of shows for um, this company I was in promoting shows, he was like up early and like he literally went around and asked people if he could do anything for them. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like this, one of them was a stadium show. It was Reliant K, the first tour they did with them. Um, appetite for construction tour it was a stadium show sold out like five thousand people wow and 10 30 in the morning he's going around asking people if he can if he can do anything for them i was just blow, blew my mind see this is something that i have been struggling with a lot more lately and i don't mean to derail the conversation so if you please feel free to tell me to stop but like i i, I don't know how somebody stays like that tyler i don't know how somebody stays on point to where you're like waking up early and, and asking people what you can do for them. Because I've been in situations where I've been up too late and either I don't wake up early or if I do wake up early, I, I'm not asking anyone what I can do for them. I'm, I'm telling people to get me a coffee, you know? Um, and I just, it's completely lost on me how one like cultivates that internal drive and motivation to be an absolute blessing to the people around you. And that's something I've struggled with uh, a lot personally. Like for example, I was... Um, last week at a conference in Norway and we were in this ridiculous hotel like they had the speakers stay in this absolute four-star like there's like a spa with saunas and hot tubs and everything um, and I kind of felt like you know what I'm just going to do my talk and then quietly leave and go enjoy the spa the whole day um, and there was this internal FOMO you know this tension in myself like oh should I do that or should I just stay at the conference and engage with people um, and this, I was going back and forth on this in my mind a lot to the point where I eventually realized, wait a second, this isn't the choice between staying at the conference and going to a spa. This is a choice between do I do something for me or do I do it for the people here? Um, do I give them my presence and attention or do I selfishly spend it on myself, right? Um, and then, you know, you think to like John and watching him do this thing, like, hey, is there anything I can do for you and so on? And this is where I invoke the John Foreman role model. Um, and it, I eventually did just spend time with the people at the conference. Um, it's again, inspired by John, but it was a struggle. And I don't know, part of me feels like he doesn't maybe have the struggle or if he does, like, I would love to understand how he overcomes that, you know? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, maybe you probably have the same thing, right? You've probably given a message or coached a basketball game and you've kind of been wiped um, and didn't have the energy for people and you've overcome that probably in yourself. So I, I don't know, I've been struggling with trying to figure out like, how do I actually be the kind of person I want to be instead of the person I resort to being? Yeah, I think though some of your examples, you mentioned how like just even thinking about that and um, how you give in the meet and greet times yourself, um, I think for... For a lot of people, unfortunately, uh, they may not even think about that. They're like, I'm here to do a job, then I'm going to go <laughs> go off and do my own thing. able um, to find the energy and that intentionality to do that. So wild, he's able to do it. But I, I think of uh, one more line here that he mentioned in the interview where he said, like, this song is trying to embody the story of rain, where raindrops are on a relentless journey back to the ocean. And I was thinking about the idea that I'm on a journey myself reaching and searching and longing for more. So I guess as kind of a, a final question, like in your own life, what are you restless for? What are you longing for? What are you pursuing? Um, you've done a, a ton of inspiring work, but anything come to mind with that quote? Yeah, um, I'm restless for, um, and this will sound tacky and contrived, but I'm restless for um, equity 
equality, fairness. Like the tech industry is one that is like criminally unequal. Um, be it women or people of color or like there's just not equal representation or, or opportunity. Um, and that bugs me. Uh, it bugs me that people in certain parts of the world have to work twice as hard for half a chance. Um, and so what I'm restless for is equity and equality. Um, and I think that's just, that's just like a narrow scope of what I'm restless for. I'm restless for at a macro level that, but like across everything worldwide, right? I'm restless for kind of like in the song, the, the world to be put right. Um, mm. But in, within my own bubble, it looks like that. It looks like um, equal opportunity, equal privilege, equal income, equal um, inclusion in decision-making, et cetera. Very well said. I appreciate all that you do. Keep up the great work. Keep inspiring. Um, what's next? Other, you said your travel next week, um, but what's coming up soon and, and where should people go uh, to find your work? We'll make sure we link to all of that as well. Thanks a lot, Tyler. Yeah, um, I'm on Twitter at Tejas Kumar underscore. That's probably the best place to follow most things. Um, what's next I'm quite excited for is in the next half year or so, so early 2024, I'm going to be starting a podcast like you taking inspiration from you, Tyler, <laughs> um, not not about Switchfoot, um, but about um, like web technology engineering type stuff um, where we, you know, we go into the details of, of a lot of engineering topics and really try to understand them in depth um, for the engineering community so they can make greater experiences for all of you. So Spotify for podcasters can become even better and so on. So that's that's something we're going to do next year. The best place for updates and everything else is um, on Twitter at Tejas Kumar underscore. So. Love it. Everybody give him a follow. Check out his work on YouTube. Uh, it's been a real joy talking to you and hearing about your journey. And keep up the great work. Keep inspiring. Thanks a lot, Tyler. <laughs>